I want to challenge you today about your problem. And I want to suggest to you today from God's word, not my word, that your biggest problem is not your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is not your biggest problem. Now, this summer we're looking at life-changing encounters. And if we're to have a life-changing encounter, then we need to find a problem solver. Someone who can fix stuff someone who can get stuff done. One of the greatest problem solvers in the history of the world is a guy by the name of Jacob. We find his story in the book of Genesis. All of us can find that book. It's the very first book in the Bible, if you brought your Bible. Jacob was quite the wizard. He was quite the go-getter. He was quite the successful entrepreneur. And throughout his life, he had negotiated a complex maze of business deals, of finagling his inheritance, of fleecing his father-in-law, Laban, and betraying his twin brother, Esau. Over years of slipping and sliding and being wise and being crafty and sometimes just lying, not the big lie, right? Honesty is the best policy, right? But dishonesty sometimes ain't all that bad is what Jacob would say. And so now Jacob finds himself a very rich man. He's very successful. He has a bunch of kids. He has two wives. This is a crazy story. And he's going to be one of the major patriarchs of the nation of Israel. Jacob knows how to get things done. But now we find Jacob at an interesting place chapter in his life. He wants to go back home. You see, when he betrayed his brother and tricked his brother out of his Morgan Keegan inheritance, his brother said, when he woke up and realized what happened, I'm going to get my brother. I'm going to get him. And one day I'm going to track him down when dad is dead and I'm going to kill him. So now fast forward a couple of decades, Jacob feels like he's got to go back home. He's got to go back to what is his promised land. But in doing that, he's going to have to face his brother Esau. So he sends money to Esau. He gives him some stock options. He sends everything over to him to try to appease him. And now we find Jacob the night before the big meeting. You ever a big meeting, a big moment in your life, you have time to think about it, pray about it, worry about it, fret about it, play out the different scenarios of what if this, what if this, what if that, what if this. This is where Jacob is, but what's online now is not his money, not his success. What's online for Jacob is his very life. 
and the safety and the security of his family. That's what's online. And we find Jacob by himself. Look at Genesis chapter number 32, verses 24 following. So Jacob was left alone. Alone. He had sent his family across the Jabbok River. He had sent his money, all this stuff to appease his brother Esau, who waited for him on the other side of the river. And now he was all alone. And a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched. And as he wrestled with the man, then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob. Your name will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Look at verse 29. Jacob said, please, please tell me your name. But the man replied, why do you ask my name? Kind of Clint Eastwood there. You know my name. So he called the place Peniel saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. The sun rose up as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. Bizarre, intriguing, powerful, life-changing, encounter. I've spent days, I've spent weeks, I've spent months, years reading, listening to the story. I, I've, I've studied it. I've preached it. And I've lived it. But I still shake my head and wonder, what is it all about? What is going on here? Well, first of all, let's just start here. God loves you just the way you are, as is. If you are in Christ, who is the better Jacob, who went to the ultimate mat, the cross, and fought and won and came up alive from the dead, that we can be forgiven, deeply forgiven, and truly loved, that's the gospel, that's the good news. 
God loves you as is. God loves you just the way you are right now. And perhaps that's the message that many of you need to hear this morning. I don't know. At the same time, God desires to change you and to transform you in a deep and a profound way. To get beyond what we perceive to be our biggest problem right now and to get down deep inside of your heart and my heart and to get to the core, to the root of what is really going on inside of us. God wants to transform us. God can transform us and he has the power to do so. So what's this story all about? So deep, so strange. Let's cut to the chase. This is not a pretty story. This is not chicken soup for the soul. At the same time, this story relates to all of us here, no matter where you are right now, and no matter who you are and what you're going through, I really believe it relates to all of us. So as you pull back the layers of this enigmatic story, this powerful story, this life-changing encounter with God and Jacob, I ask myself the question, what is this really all about? This encounter, this story, is all about wrestling with God. Wrestling, fighting, entering into combat with the undisputed, undefeated championship of the world and the universe, God himself. This story is about wrestling, grappling, going to the mat with God. That's what it's all about. And then we have the privilege, at least from this perspective, of trying to figure out what happens when you go to the mat. What happens when you wrestle with God himself? Wild, right? Crazy. A little disarming. What happens when we go to the mat with God? What happens when we have this combat, this encounter with him? What's going on? What will happen to you? What will happen to me if we engage in such a wrestling? Or as my dad says, wrestling match. Partner. First of all, when you have a wrestling match with God, when you wrestle with God, you must fight back. I just saw this, this, this story. Think about it. God is the one who initiated the combat. God struck first. It's like God had been dealing with Jacob his whole life for 20 years. 
And he had this wonderful vision of Jacob's ladder and God's in this place. We'll call it Bethel. Woohoo, that's great. He had all these great little high little moments on retreats. But Jacob was a, a, a conniver. His name meant trickster. Jacob means trickster. It means supplanter. It means smooth operator. That's what Jacob was. And so God had been dealing with him his whole life. But now, as he was finally alone, finally by himself, in many ways at the pinnacle of his life, he's wealthy beyond imagination. He's blessed. He has family. He has kids. He has status. But he wants to go back home. He's alone, and he has to face his brother. He's afraid. He's by himself. In the middle of the night, stranger jumps on Jacob. And they start getting after it. They start fighting and fighting and fighting and twisting and torquing and hitting and getting thrown to the mat and being thrown back to the mat again and again and again. And he has no idea who he's contending with. He has no idea what the struggle is all about, but he's simply, hey, I've got to fight back. This is a life or death situation here. I don't have time to evaluate. But he didn't know who it was. It was like when I would watch um, pro wrestling with my, my brother. You know, maybe you watched wrestling growing up. You know, the Von Erichs and Chief Wahoo McDaniel and Rick Nature Boy Flair. Sometimes they would fight a wrestler who would wear a mask from parts unknown. And you wouldn't know where that person was or who they were. They had that mask on. This wrestler who's fighting Jacob is wearing a mask. We don't know who it is. He doesn't know who it is. But you have to fight back. You can't be passive when you enter into a wrestling match like this. So the first thing is you have to be willing to fight back. Second thing that happens when you wrestle with God is you will get hurt. You're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get a scar. You're gonna get wounded. You're gonna get bruised. You're gonna get knocked around. You will get hurt. I think about the iconic movie, Forrest Gump and Lieutenant Dan. Remember? Remember the storm, Hurricane Carmen hits Lieutenant Dan and Forrest as they're in their shrimp boat trying to get shrimp and Lieutenant Dan who had both of his legs blown off in the war who was angry and bitter. He's up in the catbird seat and this hurricane is hitting like a cat four and he's screaming, he's yelling at God, God, is that all you got? Bring it on, come on, you call this a storm? And he's going crazy and Forrest is like, why is he so mad? And it's just going nuts. Lieutenant Dan is wrestling with God. He's getting it all out. He realized he's already been maimed. He's gonna get hurt. He may die in this storm, but he doesn't care. That's what Jacob's doing. Jacob is holding on. He's fighting with this stranger for dear life. 
this stranger, this more powerful opponent, this wrestler who we know is God, he doesn't know yet, boom, kicks out or touches the socket on his hip, and now Jacob's limping, but he's still fighting, right? He only has three limbs to fight with, but he's holding on, he's grappling. And he knows he's not gonna win. He knows that he's injured, but he wants to be blessed. He wants to know what's going on deep inside of his own heart and life. So he has that, that limp now, but he's, but he's still fighting. He's still, he's still trying to stay in this fight. He's holding on. Think about Paul. Paul had a limp, he had a scar. It's his thorn in the flesh. God never took it away. Paul prayed, take away this limp, take away this thorn. God says, no, but I'll give you the grace to endure. Moses had a speech impediment. I can't, I can't lead, I can't, I can't speak to faith, I can't do that. That was his limp, that was his thorn. But Moses became one of the greatest leaders in the history of the world because God provided Aaron and the strength to carry on. Peter's, you know, his scar, his limp was his betrayal. He betrayed Christ, but God still used Peter to preach one of the most powerful sermons in the world there at Pentecost. When we wrestle with God, there's gonna be pain. There's gonna be frustration. And somebody's gonna get hurt. And it ain't him. What happens? When we wrestle with God, if he initiates, we have to fight back. Someone's gonna get hurt. But you know what in that hurt? <laughs> you will never be the same. Once you go to the mat with God, once you wrestle with God and you fight back and you get hurt and you have that limp, you experience grace on a whole nother level. You realize that your biggest problem wasn't your biggest problem. Jacob's biggest problem wasn't his kind of fudging the numbers a little bit. It wasn't him not telling the whole truth all the time. It wasn't his manipulating and lying. No, his biggest problem was pride and self-sufficiency. That was his problem. His biggest problem wasn't his biggest problem, but he had to confess that surface problem to get to that deeper issue. That's why this wrestler wanted to know his name. What is your name? Say your name. Confess, confess, confess who you are. I am trickster. I am a liar. I am Jacob. And it's through that confession that this wrestler, this 
divine being, this angel or whatever, said, I will change your name to Israel, one who struggles with God and man and overcomes. And he became the father, what? Of the 12 tribes of Israel. The father of Benjamin, the father of Joseph, the father of this great nation who walked with a limp. Love, marriage, money, applause, fame. It didn't do it. It didn't work for old Jacob. Cheating out his brother of his inheritance, getting the fake blessing, didn't give him the real blessing from his father that he so longed for. It didn't work. He ultimately had to wrestle with God. Wrestle with God in the injustices of life and the unfairness and the pain and the frustration. And while he wrestled with this divine being that he knew was stronger than him, he finally just held on and said, God, I want you to change me deeply in my heart and my mind. And he was never the same again. God will use things in your life and use things in my life to break us in order that God can bless us. It's a severe mercy, a severe mercy, an extreme grace that God works in our life. Have you ever wrestled? Have you ever wrestled with God? Do you have a limp? How do you feel about that limp? Are you resentful? Or are you grateful? This looked like the end, right? This is the end for Jacob in the ultimate cage match, but it was not the end, it was just the beginning. This defeat, it's really a victory. This weakness that he had, this limping that he had was not weakness, it was strength. Strength that God would use to start a great nation. How do we know 
that Jacob was changed forever. How do we know that he didn't go back to his old ways? How do we know that he had that limp till the day he died? That's easy. All you gotta do is go to the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame. That's where we find old Jacob last but not least. We find him in the Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11. And the writer says, by faith, Jacob, when he was dying, he blessed Joseph's sons, his grandchildren, and he worshiped as he leaned, <laughs> as he leaned on the top of his staff. God's wrestling. with many of you today. How will you respond? Can you imagine the next morn, morning as Jacob crossed that river? He gets to the other side before he sees his brother. He doesn't know if his brother's gonna kill him or not. He, he gets the other side of the river. His kids come up to him. Daddy, daddy. What happened? Why are you limping? Kids, I met God last night. And I'll never be the same again.